welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Brought to you by the great taste of Doritos Double Dip or whatever it's called. The one where it's two flavours in one. I don't know what they're called. The one where it's like, oh, it could be cool, could be hot. I don't know. Doritos Roulette, that one? That's the chappy. I don't like, think they're in production like... anymore, so we're no, no, okay. No, they to... are. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Because I know they've got a new one that gets hotter the closer oh, you get to the centre. Sure, man, if you want. I, I've... You've you witnessed it? Is. Yeah, yeah, I've seen people eating them. Okay. I get offered and I'm like, nope, not for me. You don't like playing roulette, I do like, you, with your tongue? I like my tortilla chips at one consistent temperature, please. Well, this is the thing, is if you're going to make a tortilla chip. Sorry to, sorry to our sponsors, Dorito Flip Chip, or whatever we called it. Uh, <laughs> just make it one flavour. Yeah. Let me know what I'm getting into. Yeah, I just choose one. If I wanted hot, I'd buy hot. Indecisive. I don't want to buy, oh, this is tepid. Oh no, my mouth is a volcano. It's the mummy of crisps. In that it doesn't know what it wants to be. <laughs> uh, good, good reference. <laughs> it's three different films and none of them are particularly well executed. <laughs> Welcome to our Wednesday episode of News and Reviews where we talk news and reviews. That's the first time in about, a, I don't know, Two month period that you've got it right in a decade that you've ever said it correctly. Hello, let's get on with it. Andy, you've been news truffling. You've been truffling for those news nuggets. I've been dunking my nose straight in that little news soil, seeing if I can get any tasty little nuggets of news. Pray that this is not the first episode for anyone. (laughs) It's like they just talk about truffling and And crisps. Okay, maybe that's the new sidecast we do. Snuffle up that news nugget and put it in my mouth. (laughs) Okay, part one of news. Yeah. You like Suicide Squad, yeah? Ah, now, this is the news that I do know about. They've they've reportedly set a date to start filming, which is 2018. Mid-2018, yeah. And that's happening up, I'm going to probably butcher his name. Jame Coyette Sarah. It says James... James Colette Sarah. Sarah. Okay. Um, the Shallows guy. Yeah, so if you go back to our review of The Shallows, I pronounce that name as correctly as I possibly could there. Um, is it James? Is he, is he Spanish? It's... As, as far as I'm aware, there is no S on the end of his name. I might have written an S. I I'm, not go- oh, I'm not going J-U-A-M-E, to J-U-A-M-E. J-U-A-M-E. Juame. Uh, I, I did, I did, right, for the Shallows review, I definitely spent 50 minutes researching how to pronounce his name. There are no YouTube videos just, just available. situations like this. Yeah. But basically, James, James, so, right, they'll call him James. So, the director of the Shallows, and also, but, also, House of Wax. Like he's been tapped up to direct it now. I didn't watch the Shallows, but you did. Yeah, but the thing is, The Shallows is a very different film to what Suicide Squad 2 is going to be. Okay, yeah, well, this is my question. I liked... Do you think that's a good... Like, look, I, is, we, it is on record, we did not enjoy Suicide Squad. Yes, that, that is on record a number of times. Like, but I enjoyed The Shallows, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it for what it was, which was essentially uh, Blake Lively and a shark for an hour and a half, and basically nothing more than that. And that sort of... Was, so you've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it twice now. And that was the joy of the film for me, was that it was actually sort of a B-movie mm. that had managed to get wide release and actually well, relatively well-received, I think. Not necessarily... I'm not saying it was astounding critics' ratings. I'm not saying it was getting top ten of the years. Yeah. But it was certainly a, a surprise hit for me. I think it, I, I listed it as one of my biggest surprises of last year. I didn't expect anything from that film. 
and particularly from a director whose work I have not enjoyed in, in the past, in terms of House of Wax, just to name one. Mm-hmm. He's someone who... He's he's done the the recent run of um, Liam Neeson films, non-stop, unknown, oh, and ones. run all night or something like that. Yeah, last yeah. year's Walk Among the Tombstones. Did he do no, that? he didn't do that one. Okay, uh, so he's not necessarily got a flawless track record by any stretch of the but imagination. He's almost certainly gone. Oh, the shadows is good. He, he, my, my I question, think he's riding high off the back of that. So my question here is, what? And we'll keep this very brief. Mm. Um, what do DC need to do to make Suicide Squad work? I, look, I don't, we... I, I don't think there's an easy answer to that because I honestly don't recall anything I liked of that film. I suppose there's probably an episode in there somewhere. Yeah, maybe I think we go wait, towards the yeah, time. Maybe look you... at what what we need from that series because, like I said, it it didn't work for us. And the thing is, I really like those characters. Mm-hmm. I like the, um, especially in the new Fifty Two run, is really strong. For the Suicide Squad, and yeah. I'd like to go somewhere like that. I don't know enough about this guy. The only thing that I've apparently seen is from what you've just named is House of Wax, yeah. And unless they're bringing Paris Hilton in as Poison Ivy, then I don't think it's going to be akin to that. I, but also, it might be Suicide Squad have to fight out of a House of Wax, it's slowly melting with the help of Jensen Ackles. That... Good pull on remembering that Jason, uh, Jensen Ackles was the uh, the dude from it. Uh, no, I I think it's got serious issues um, that that franchise, and I would be. I think if he's going to present a stripped down version, which is essentially what The Shallows was, it was a really stripped down movie, and it it didn't necessarily need to be anything more than that. Whereas. Suicide Squad has got to be bigger than that. Yeah. You, there's no way you can get around that. I mean, okay, I'm just looking at the other stuff he's done. House of Wax was his first feature film. Solero oh, shots no. have arrived. <laughs> Every time Solero shots. He told you before the podcast. It doesn't help that there's a road that he turns around in right next door here. <laughs> Always before the podcast. Right, do you want to run out and grab those Solero shots or should we just wait for him to post it through the door? He'll leave the package by the door. I've, the said, I've said don't knock, but do play your alarm as loud as possible. It's hard to get through That's the door. That's right, cause... the ice cream alarm that he plays. It's hard to get through the door because there's too many shots. This is going to be such a short episode. Um, <laughs> goal two, living the dream. Okay. Orphan, good. which was no good at all. Uh, unknown, non-stop, run all yes, night all and the shallows. Time. So, you know, if he does get... Yeah, if he does get Suicide Squad 2, I'm kind of glad in the sense that they've gone with another small, uh, you know, small budget director in terms of he's not done huge, huge movies. But we also know that sometimes. That don't, that, that is not a guarantee for success, yeah, sure. Um, no, they've got a year to get their shit in check before it starts, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, so keep, we'll you'll, you'll, be, uh, you'll be kept posted by us. There will be an episode on how to fix Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think Squad, that's I definitely imagine. something to look at down the road, because I'd actually like to have that discussion. Yeah. Um, Another interesting bit of news that's kind of rumoured at the moment of what's going to happen is the, have you heard the news with Quentin Tarantino and his next film might be about the uh, Manson murders. Yeah. Now, I was trying to make my brain. You'll probably know this better than I do. Has Tarantino ever done a movie based on something real before? Was Jackie Brown... No, Jackie Brown story? was based on a novel. So it, Jackie Brown's his only non-original work in the sense mm-hmm. that it's an adaptation of a novel. A... Uh, no, real, real it, life story. No, um, 
I'm trying to think. Nothing else. I mean, all basically, all of Tarantino's films are other films that he's rebranded. Yeah, basically, yeah. But he's never he's never tackled a real life story. And that's interesting to me because his style, in particular, if you're going into the realm of reality and dealing with something that happened. Could it be seen as him glorifying... Yeah, uh, this, this that's, is the main reason I don't think he should do it. Because I think he will He will sort of... I, I think it's unavoidable for him, is that he will, yeah, you're right, glorify or sort of... Um, not necessarily glorify, you know, certainly frame it in a way that seems insensitive. Because, the, because he is quite big yes. in what he does. You know, the violence is quite graphic and forefront. Mm -hmm. And you're dealing with... You're not dealing with a made-up serial killer here. No. You're dealing with This is a horrifying event, yeah. So I I do think that you have to... Whenever you make a film like this, you have to tread carefully. And it's, it's a film that's been made many, many times before, you know... Even this year, we've had Wolves at the Door, which was apparently just dreadful. Um, but, you know, I can't... I can't justify him making that film. I don't think he could justify making that film. And I think if he did make that film, either he would have to change his style entirely and approach it from a which very... I can't see But I can't see him doing that. And I think if he approaches it with the same style and verb that he approaches any other project that we've seen of his, he will come out of it terribly i think he'll come about out of it tarred and feathered because that is that is something that i think there is still a stigma attached to making those movies and if you don't get it right it seems horribly insensitive and that's that's my worry you know i like Tarantino as a director but is there a point where he gets too close to the bone Mm. um and i know he's one for taking risks and not really being that that bothered about that sort of thing but you're right, it is. It is. Well, this is the first time you'll be able to say, well, you've got real-world connections here now, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden... If it's inspired by, which it may well end up being, and then he changes the the event slightly, or he changes the names... I think things. even that is... It, again, Walls at the Door, I think, was basically inspired by, and had loose references to the events. Because when, when was the Manson murders... The late 60s, wasn't it? Late 60s. So it's still in recent memory, you know, in in the grand scheme of things. Like, For example, um, Leonardo DiCaprio is doing the one on... Is it Hunter Holmes? Is that his name? Uh, the guy who made the um, house, the... The hotel. The ho- yeah, made the hotel. The death hotel. Yes. In Los uh, Angeles, yeah. Um, for the World's Fair, wasn't it? Uh, that, that yes. Guy. I can't remember what his full name is. Like H H H, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of one of the more notorious. Yeah, uh, but that's to me sounds really interesting because that's I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio would sign on to something that does kind of glorify something like that. Yeah, uh, but thinks, the thing is, you look at a film like Zodiac, real mm. life events, yes. and that is tackled well and you know, is coming at it from a perspective that is an interesting one. You know, the fact that the Zodiac Killer was never caught. And, you mm. know, it's all about it's all about the hunt for him rather than glorifying what is happening. And I think Tarantino would find it difficult to stray away from that. And that's... that's it's all about how you approach these things. Um, yeah. Should we move on? Yeah, let's go for the next one. Um, yeah, just another quick rumour one. Um, just interested to know your thoughts on this. Um, Daniel Craig might be coming back for Bond. 
Yeah, I saw this the other who, day. A man who said, I would rather slit my wrists and play Bond again. But he said that before Spectre. Yeah. So... It was the press tour for Spectre, wasn't it? I thought it was the press tour after... Um, I thought he, it was for a film that he did in between Skyfall and Spectre. Because when he came back for Spectre... Because he wasn't signed on initially mm. for Spectre. And he said, I'll only return if Sam Mendes returns. Sam Mendes did return. And then... Well, I thought he had said that, but I thought the... Um, comment about kind of rather dying than doing another one came afterwards. I thought it was in between those two. Because everyone said, well, you can tell because the performance just doesn't seem to be on the same level. And I don't think it was. Um, I don't know. I feel like now is probably the time for a change, but I wouldn't resent him having another go at it because, you know, Skyfall was so good. And Casino Royale was really good as well. Yeah. I mean, the problem... The, the, the weakest of his was Quantum of Solace, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I think there's some things to enjoy about Spectre still. No, I, I, think, think I think coming off the back of Skyfall, you have too much to live up to. I think it's it's almost an unwinnable battle with that, and I think and it definitely has problems, Spectre. But I think there's enough to enjoy in it. I think I we I don't think you were with us. I think me and Mark went and watched it, and we watched it in two D IMAX, and mm. it really it really kind of helped you kind of get into it a bit more. Mm. Um, and I do like Daniel Craig's Bond. I do, yeah. um, but in my mind, I'm still like, if there's a chance of getting Idris Elba in as Bond. I, I just don't I see it happening really now. I like that to happen, but I do also understand that's not going to happen, so I have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I'd be more interested to know what hap- what happens near in a time. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's not confirmed, but I would... would I wouldn't begrudge him going again, Yeah. but at the same time... I mean, though, to be honest, I'm, I'm I, you know, as much as I would be up for Idris Elba becoming Bond... He's... I quite enjoy the fact that at the moment he seems to be diversifying in terms of what he's doing in well, Hollywood. Somebody said to me earlier, and for the first time ever, he's the leading name in in a big, big budget production. Um, Bastille. Day. No, that I'm talking blockbuster production. I'm talking. I'm talking the Dark Tower. Yeah, that is, you know, it's it's him well, and Matthew McConaughey. Me. Somebody said to me earlier. They said. If Dark Tower takes off, like that will be his franchise, so I can't see him being Bond. Mm. I don't see Dark Tower taking <laughs> off, but I can understand that argument. And I think it would be the wrong thing to do to tie himself down to Bond. Yeah, I don't think the offer's there, first of all. I don't think they've ever offered him it, and it's I don't think they will. It is a shame. But, I think he would have fit that role perfectly. But that, well. that casting should have come six years ago. No, absolutely. And if we had come six years ago, we wouldn't have had Skyfall, so... Final bit of news, and this is a real quick one. Rampage has finished filming. Yes, I saw this. The Rock movie about, based on the video game where giant monsters punch buildings. Yeah. Um, but the good news is, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it. Okay. JDM. Can't wait. JDM. You're going to see that one for us. Yeah. Cool. I, I don't understand how you're making a film of that game, to be honest, but we'll see. Dino Crisis next year. Oh, mate, if they made a Dino Crisis film, I would literally... Yeah, this is the problem. Is that you you damn with one hand and then you praise with the other. You're there like, yes, Dino Crisis would be an excellent. Do you know what I'd prefer? Mm. I'd genuinely prefer Dino New Dino Crisis game, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Okay, I prefer, I'd prefer that than a film. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I Rampage is going to be terrible, but oh no, I, I but I'm, we'll see. We'll I'm see. not confident. But it's got Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it, so he's going to be great. Right. Okay. But the film won't. Be will he be great or will he be handsome? Oh, he's always handsome, though. I know. 
Uh, did you guys ever... <laughs> God, I, hate, I hate that love. Like, I'm all for Sorry, it. If you're allowed to talk about Zac Efron and his perfect Adonis body all the time. I'm yeah, but that is, a, that is a genuine confirmed fact. <laughs> Whereas Jeffrey Dean Morgan seems to be spurious claims by you. Okay. Shall uh, we do some reviews? So we've got two reviews this week. Well, more, more to the point. I've got two reviews this week and you're going to listen to them both. I was busy. Yes, you've been busy. I was playing Mario Kart. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you've not been that busy this week. I watched, started watching Preacher Season 2. Okay. I'll tell you about that. Yeah, if we've got time. time. No, I'll tell you about it another time. End of the series. I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I'm waiting to see where it's going, because at the moment I could talk about it, but there's not much happening. Okay. Important thing before you go, though. Yeah. We did see Spider-Man Homecoming. We did a spoiler special on it. Um, it came out on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So... If you if are you, now catching up yeah. midweek with that film, or you caught up over the weekend, then that review is out there. It's on the... The feed. If you're interested in knowing what our thoughts are, it it was a very strong Marvel film. Yes. Like it, very briefly, it was very it was very strong. A lot of fun. Um, a really nice introduction into the MCU Spider Man, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, although there were a couple of issues that um, I think maybe me and Mark had because you pretty much enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Loved um, it, mate. At the same time, that it doesn't distract from how much fun you'll have watching it. So, if you, especially yeah. if you're looking for a fun family film as well, yeah, true. absolutely, definitely the one. Mm. But should we talk about one of your films then? Yeah. Okay. So, fun family films. Let's go for another family film. Family orientated film, but cer- <laughs> certainly not aimed at a family audience. Um, it comes at night. Is a new thriller. I mean, God. To describe it, you can't really describe it as one particular genre because it's got elements of thriller, horror. You've got an apocalyptic landscape there. You've got a sort of the road kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of different things. Uh, second film from Trey Edward Schultz, who brought us Kishner in, oh God, two years ago, three years ago. Anyway, Joel Edgerton and Carmen Jogo are the mother and father of a family unit in this post-apocalyptic Already landscape. Cast. Yeah. Um, so they have a son who, in determinate age, about 18, I think he is. Mm. I think it's mentioned once in the film, I think he's 18. Um, and they're living this existence quite happily, sort of... Make it, they, they are able to make this work. However, the film does open with a very horrifying scene of another family member that existed before, that existed before this being sort of taken care of after they've come down with an illness. Okay. The illness that seemingly is highly contagious. So you start off with this horrifying scene of the disposal of this body. That's not a spoiler alert. That's yeah. not a spoiler. That is literally the opening scene of this. And from there, they continue their life and... Then one night, they have someone break into the house. They go down to investigate, find this guy trying to find food and water for his family. And they tie him up in the woods for the overnight and then go out in the morning and find out why exactly he's doing this. They invite this family, against their better judgment perhaps, mm. they invite the family because they feel like, okay... We know enough about them now. We think we can we can make it work. And they've got livestock. That's the most yeah. important thing. They've got chickens and they've got goats. And they say, right, well, okay, you can come. 
We'll keep all your guns with our guns locked away. We'll make sure that, you know, we go out in pairs if we're going to go out for food or any water or anything like that. Operate the same way. What follows is a masterclass in terms of a film that has high tension throughout. At no point was I comfortable during that film. Mm -hmm. Um, There are moments of extreme sort of intimate uh, conversations that we we are sort of allowed entry to via sort of a spying element. Yeah. And we see the humanity of these characters and we see the the bestiality of the characters. We see the mm-hmm. animal side of this. So between the two, we get a good glimpse of both sides of this, this apocalyptic landscape and see what's happened and what it's done to these formerly, you know, normal people. Because they talk about previous jobs, you know, ele- electrician or engineer, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, teacher, things like that. So you get a good grasp of how far they've come from that previous life. Uh, it's it's a film that doesn't allow you to feel safe, even in the audience. You know, you don't know what's going to go on, and you know there's this constant present, uh, this constant present threat from every angle. When you say there's a there's a virus or an illness, is it like the film Contagion? Where basically, after watching that film, you see somebody kind of scratch their arm and you're like, Oh God, I'm going to die. It, no, it's nothing like that. Be- because of the apocalyptic setting of it, yeah. that helps, I think. Because obviously, you find it harder to relate to that if... Uh, whereas Contagion is set in Contagion. a real world setting. You see, you see a sickly Gwyneth Paltrow and you're like, Oh no! Yeah, you have to see Gwyneth Paltrow sneezing. Um, but in, in It Comes at Night, you they have this threat of this virus, but then there's also the threat of other people and Mm. the fact that in an apocalyptic landscape, people are out for themselves first and foremost. So you do get a lot of that. And, you know, even Joel Edgerton's character saying, you can only trust family. Remember that. You can only trust your flesh and blood. The, The it that comes at night relates to the young guy, the 18 year old son, having these nightmare visions that mm-hmm. come um as as night descends he falls asleep and you see it as as a dream sequence that plays out as if it is any amount of the real time you've already been seeing yeah it's some of the look i could talk for hours about this film but basically what i will say is the blending of the real world and the dream world is so well done that you can't really tell you know it's you the dream, but you start questioning question. what you're seeing and whether you're seeing what really happened or whether you're seeing a premonition of the future or okay. whether you're seeing... It is a film that, by I mean, by all accounts, will be on my top ten of the year at the end mm-hmm. of the year. I can't imagine something pushing this out of my best films of the year. If uh, it's It's horrifying, but at the same time... I want. I want to say it's life affirming. It's not. It's basically. It's basically. It's horrifying, but at the same time, the the craft and the love with which the film has been made. It's a, such a small and insular film that they've clearly crafted this film perfectly well. I think, and it's something that really needs to be seen and will only be limited release. I think uh, you'll find it in the bigger cities, and you'll find it in your uh, independent cinemas, but. Chain cinemas in smaller towns, you won't find it there at all. If you can find a, sh- a screening of it, I would recommend going to it. 
if particularly if you like thrillers, horrors, something like that. You asked me if I if I would let you see it because you are <laughs> my son in this. Uh, look, it's a fifteen. Um, so too old for me. I'd say I'd say it's like a top end fifteen in terms of the tone. Yeah, not necessarily in the content, but the tone of the film is top end fifteen, and and justifiably so. But what I would say is, if you're looking for quality uh, filmmaking, there's nothing better out in the cinemas, without doubt. Which leads me on very nicely. So recommend that. Uh, that, 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 is, recommend. that is a, rec- that that is an like a recommend. film of the year, possibly. Ooh. It's it's up there with with my top two or three at the moment, definitely. Which is chips. <laughs> Goddamn chips. Well, chips and chips again. Speaking of chips, well, not chips. But oh no, 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 kind of chips because like poker chips. Ah, yes. Okay, so poker chips are the the lead in here. Um, Sound segue, boys. The House is the latest Will Ferrell comedy uh, in which he comes up with a harebrained scheme to send his daughter to college because the tuition fee fund is taken away from them. Uh, they they were working on the premise that her scholarship was going to be uh, provided for by the town mm-hmm. because she was an A-grade student and was the best student in town. So what I will say first is that if anyone has watched The League, yeah. There are three The League actors in this film. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll. Jason Manzukic. Manzukic, yeah. And... Rob Hubel, who plays Russell in ah, The League, right? He's in loads of stuff at the moment. This is the thing. Everyone from The League is getting a lot of work at the moment. This that's a really good show. It is a great series, now finished, but it's on Netflix, so and if you, you have got You don't even access, need to like American football to be able to follow it. No, if you have friends, you'll understand exactly. Yeah. I think it plays more to a male demographic, but I think it, it's I, a lot it is a, film that, uh, a series that really works. However, The House doesn't. Here is the main <laughs> issue with The House. Um... It's just not funny. And it's... Now, this is a problem that has arisen recently in that I now don't know whether any of Will Ferrell's films have ever been funny. And The House has made me question everything I know about films that I'd maybe previously enjoyed, but now looking back on, maybe they were terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it's directed by Andrew J. Cohen, who is best known as a writer or producer. Uh, Wrote Bad Neighbours 2, which we enjoyed last year. Uh, Wrote Bad Neighbours as well. Wrote Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, That's which true. I did not enjoy last year, uh, and produced a number of those films, and then also even go back to things like 40 Year Old Virgin, he was a co producer on mm. uh, Talladega Nights, I think. So he's got a history with this crowd, I would say, you know, that sort of comedy, yeah, yeah. that sort of film. I So I was sitting in an audience that was maybe a third full. And I always feel like comedy films, you want it to be full. You want to have that contagious atmosphere. So if people start laughing... And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say no one was laughing. People were laughing at stuff that I didn't laugh at. There was one joke that I did laugh at, and I probably shouldn't have. Um, (laughs) But, by and large, the film doesn't work for me. The film doesn't work because it seems like... They've decided, well, an acceptable substitute for any comedy will be to insert swear words here, there and everywhere. And it's funny because they're mums and dads. Mm. It's funny because these are middle-aged parents of a college-aged teen who's going off and having going to go have the best time of their lives. And they're looking forward to the fact that they can turn it into a fuck mansion. And you just think, okay, fine. And those are the words that are going to be... 
like, you know, I, I'm all for freedom of speech and using whatever language you want to use. But if you're relying on it solely as your your one comedic element... Well, this is the issue Mark had with Sausage Party. Yes, this He had is this true. exact yeah. issue, which was, when comedy isn't comedy if you're just saying naughty words. Yeah. Like, just by saying something that's filthy doesn't mean you automatically get a laugh. And the smarter comedies are the ones that don't rely on that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Basically, in order to get the tuition fee, sorry, I've just realised I never followed up on that. <laughs> they open up a underground casino in Jason Manzoukas's house. Mm-hmm. That's the film, and and you know, there's there's stuff in there that they you know they mention the Goodfellas, and they go, oh, okay, you need to be like De Niro in Goodfellas. You need to be that character to scare people into thinking this is a real casino where we will mm-hmm. enact violence on people, and you just kind of go, I don't think this is a premise that has enough to it. And I think you've padded it out by saying fucking shit enough times to sort of get to 88 minutes. Yeah. Because it doesn't get to 90. And then you're you're just leaving it. it, it coincidentally, I think uh, It Comes at Night is about 93, 94 minutes. Some of the best minutes I've spent in the cinema this year. The house, some of the worst. <laughs> Honestly, that's a miss. It's a miss from me. Is it just, is it just I don't know. Really if you, if you really comedy? love bawdy comedy starring Will Ferrell, you'll probably love this film. But at the same time, however, if you do, things. if you do like some of his earlier stuff, it will make you question whether Anchorman's funny at all. I'm sure it is, and I guarantee you that I'm just having this crisis of confidence now because I've seen this. But I genuinely came out of that thinking, I don't know if Will Ferrell films have ever been funny. Well, this, by the sounds of things, this isn't a good Will Ferrell comedy, though. No, like, I would and, argue and, no. And the question is whether that's the route he's kind of fallen into, because I didn't think Get Hard was that funny. Mm. Or Daddy's Home, you know, but he's he's making these films. Um, but the early stuff is really good. Yeah. Although I remember when I questioned whether I found Jim Carrey funny anymore, went back and watched a load of early Jim Carrey comedies. They do not hold up. I don't care if you like the mask. It does not hold up. And I have the same thing with Adam Sandler. Yeah, I still think Adam Sandler's probably main good film is Happy Gilmore followed by probably Big Daddy. And that's about it now. Yeah, I don't think Happy Gilmore or Big Daddy stand the test of time. But his serious stuff is much better than his... Yeah, but that's always been the case. Yeah. Whereas Will Ferrell's serious stuff, Stranger Than Fiction was good. And then he did Everything Must Go, which was not good. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. Must Go, because that's the end of the podcast. So many segues. That's a bad one. Um, <laughs> as always, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at DinosaurMan15 on Twitter. We're just Dinosaurman Nerdcast on Facebook, which is also what you can search for on iTunes, Stitcher and Buzzsprout, where you can leave nice comments bad comments if you really want uh rate comment subscribe review share tell your friends buy some doritos flip chips <laughs> i'm going to invent something called flip chips uh by all means go and see both of these films but only enjoy one of them if you enjoy the house you are wrong uh as always our theme tune was done by johnny neves he also did the theme tune for Suicide Squad 2. They've done the theme tune already. He's doing the new Bond theme as well for yeah. Daniel Craig's 25th outing. Not 25th outing, but for the 25th Bond. Jeepers, creepers, made a mess of that one. 
Andy, thank you for hosting. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining. And until next time... Apparently, make any film with any number of the league. (laughs) You're you're guaranteed to make cash. We're going to have to end this because I'll slow shots of Melton outside. Ah, shit, get them. (laughs) Die. Die, 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 Die